Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 2 The Young Paul Part 2 So there was the big log cradle at last, floating near the shore like a big ship at anchor. Great crowds of people came to see it, for it was the biggest craft that was ever built in Maine, and everyone willingly gave a hand toward getting Paul safely put to bed in it. Even with so many working together at the task, it took them three full days to get the husky youngster into his new cradle and tied there with cables so that he could not fall out. It was very fortunate for everyone that the child was feeling well and in the best of humor, for otherwise he might have resented all the tugging and pulling which he had to undergo, and no one knows what fearful calamity might then have resulted. At last, in the place fixed for him, Paul began to like the sensation of being rocked by the waves so well that he gave no further trouble for a while, and his parents congratulated themselves upon the excellent arrangement they had made for their big son. His father hired a crew of men who were kept busy all the time rowing back and forth between the cradle and the shore, carrying boatloads of food to him, and altogether Paul was well satisfied as any child could expect to be. All went well until one night when he got the colic again. It is not known what caused his illness this time, but anyway he rolled and tossed about so much that he stirred up the sea at a fearful rate. In fact, such a shaking up did his rolling cradle give the waters that a seventy-foot tide drove up the Bay of Fundy, doing a tremendous lot of damage, and even washing away several towns and villages. So high were the waves that they came near to rolling clear across the land and making an island of Nova Scotia. As a result of this disturbance, the waters have never entirely gone down, and even yet the tide which flows twice each day in the Bay of Fundy is seventy feet high. Anyone, by looking at a map of that part of the Atlantic coast, can easily find where Maine joins Canada and locate the Bay of Fundy which will prove the truth of the story and show what a mighty child Paul really was. Naturally, the people who had their homes and property washed away by the great waves which Paul had made were very angry, and they sent a committee to the governor to make complaint. <clears throat> said the governor, who considered himself a very wise man. "'More trouble, eh?' "'And he frowned gloomily at them. 
as if I don't already have enough to worry me, what with the reports I have to make on this and that, the Indians I must guard against, and all the very important details I have to take care of in getting ready for the ball I am giving tomorrow night. Huh. Tides, is it? And tides are a part of the sea, aren't they? So, I'll just pass this little matter over to the Admiral, who is well trained in all sea affairs. Doubtless he'll be able to stop the tides, if any man can, and locate whatever is causing them. So it happened, that very same day, that the Admiral got his fleet together, frigates and brigantines and sloops of war, and set sail to see what it was all about. He was in a very ill humor indeed, being greatly displeased at having to miss the governor's ball, and he swore to be revenged on whatever or whoever was causing him all this trouble. He cruised about in his flagship, his fleet following him, but never a cause of the disturbance could he find. And the longer he searched, the angrier he became. At last, one of the lookouts up in the rigging of the flagship called down that he saw something suspicious off the starboard bow. "'What is it?' roared the admiral. "'I don't know, sir,' called back the lookout. "'It looks like a big log barge or scow of some kind, sir.' "'She's anchored near shore, sir, and she's rolling about and kicking up some big waves in a mighty strange manner, sir.' The admiral ordered the fleet to proceed in the direction the lookout had given, and he seized his spyglass to take a look for himself. "'Why, it's a baby!' he shouted in surprise when the fleet came nearer. "'And sound asleep, too!' he muttered to himself a moment or two later. His mouth dropped open in amazement, for such a baby surely had never been seen by man before. He almost refused to believe his own eyes. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.